1: Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville during the midweek. Bulldogs are 2-0. and oh. We get ready for the LSU Tigers on Saturday at 11 o'clock. Charlie, on Sunday we came in here and we were like, okay, we've had a night's sleep. How do you feel about it? Now you've had a few days to break it down. Let's look back at last weekend. Do you feel better, worse, about the same? About the same. About the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it was a win. I thought we were a little conservative in the way we approach things. And we'll see how we do this week. We, it was a win. Going back to the point, I'd rather come in
1: here being a little negative about a win than trying to be positive about a loss.
2: Yeah, I don't mourn victories.
1: No, especially not moral victories. One of the things we start talking about the victories, in this team we're playing this week, the LSU Fighting Tigers. For a while there, in our – Younger days, in the 1980s, we had a lot of success against LSU. But back when we got to college, when we wanted in, what, 90 and 91?
2: And boy, that turned, didn't it?
1: It did, didn't it? And so LSU won until 1999 when Rod Gibson sealed the deal for us. We won 17 to 16. And then we did not win again until 2014 when – we had the big Dak Prescott game down in Baton Rouge, the first of the three that led us to number one in the country. But looking back at this series, are there any games that really stand out to you? Of course, we had the, the first time we ever had lights. What was that,
2: 1985? 84, man. Was it 84? It won 16 to 14. Brought the portable lights in. LSU was number nine. They came in, in fact, throwing sugar cubes at their players as they were coming on the field because they were all excited about going to the Sugar Bowl. I think that's one thing that's lost on the younger generation now is this idea. Back then, the Sugar Bowl was the destination. Yeah. If you won the SEC, you went to the Sugar Bowl. There wasn't this coalition and conferences (laughs) and board of administrators and governors and commissioners and all this. That's where you went. You wanted to go to the Sugar Bowl. But they were all excited about going to the Sugar Bowl. We kick a field goal beat them under the portable lights, 16 to 14, and it was the next year, I think, that we got busy doing construction, right?
1: I think so. That's when we built the 200 level and the upper level on the uh, west side, the home side. One of the things also about the LSU series, we had such a big crowd that night and you had the portable lights. Back in the early 80s, that was the first time we had played LSU at home. We always played them in Jackson. We played them in Jackson and in Baton Rouge. We played LSU at home in 1982, and then again in '84. But if you look over our series history, and when you look back in the the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, I mean, we didn't play LSU for a long time in Starkville until 1982.
2: I guess that's the other thing the young generation doesn't remember: a couple <laughs> of home games in Jackson every year. A couple. Well, it was almost like we had only had a couple at home. A couple home. at home, yeah, now that you mention it. Because you, you always had the Egg Bowl there. You'd play Alabama and Jackson, LSU and Jackson. And, you know, Jackie Sherrill, th- these things changed themselves over time. But Jackie Sherrill was the guy who really said, we're getting the Egg Bowl back on campus. Uh, I think he was kind of the beginning of the end for Jackson football. He really was.
1: Another thing that some of the younger people don't understand, and I'm sounding like I'm you know sitting here casting down on our younger generation, and I know a lot of times we get upset at how long it takes replay to come into factor at a, at a football game. And, man, I wish I wouldn't do all this replays. Let me tell you what replay would have done. It would have changed the game in 2000 because LSU won in overtime over State 45-38, and that was the game – where we were playing well. We scored on the first play from a scrimmage, 82-yard touchdown pass, Wayne Mackin to Terrell Grendel. We took the lead. We led 31-17 to going to the fourth quarter. We played an 8 o'clock game in Baton Rouge on a Saturday night, and it was crazy. I mean, it was wild. They came back and tied it at 31 and then took a 38-31 to lead. And the thing I'll never forget about that game, Charlie, is I was sitting in the press box, and I had a cup of Diet Coke. And in the fourth quarter of that game, that Coke was rippling. I mean, it was loud. It was shaking. And so we were tied at – we scored late, like under two minutes to go. We scored late to tie it at 38 and go to overtime. LSU gets the football first, and LeBrandon Tofield scores on a 13-yard run. And here's where I'm saying replay comes into factor. He fumbled at the two yard line going in. He fumbled at the two. They gave him the touchdown. There was no replay. And then we didn't score. We had to score. We had to score a touchdown. Went fourth down, didn't get it. But if we're able to kick a field goal, we win that
2: game instead of losing 45 to 38 in overtime. And I would have been happy to have taken a five minute break, a 10 minute break. <laughs> ever how long a break we needed, I'd have taken it, and I wouldn't have said a word. And it wouldn't have taken them long at all to
1: overturn that. Not at all. I mean, he fumbled at the two-yard line. And, hey, like it was, like we said, this is out of left field, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Also, Tracks Plus. Go to com if you're in the market for some heavy machinery. Saney excavator, mini excavator. If you're looking for barco equipment for the forester, go to tracksplus.com. They've got a lot of used equipment as well, but also the rental business. If you're looking just for something for a couple weeks, you need to clean up some property. Give our friends a call at Tracks Plus and they'll rent it for a couple weeks. And of course, five locations now with Tracks Plus, Hickory, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Columbus, Bessemer, Alabama and Alexandria, Louisiana. And also we've talked for the past couple of weeks about how we have a new sponsor to the show, and that's Maroon & Company. Maroon & Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. They have a promo code for you. If you go in there, just use the promo code LEFTFIELD15, and it's for in-store purchases or at maroonandco.com. They also have a lot of interlocking MSU logo stuff. Go to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU. One of the largest selections in-store and online. New products arriving weekly. But once again, use that promo code LEFTFIELD15. And so this week, Charlie, and I know you gave us one week last week, and that was the whiteout. This is a stripeout. So you kind of have to look at your ticket this week to determine what section you're sitting in, and that corresponds with what color you need to wear to the game, whether it be maroon or
2: white. Hey, I want to go back before we move on. I, I have to put a question mark on something we said earlier. Okay. Was it 82 or 84 that we had the portable lights? 82 was the year that Dana Moore kicked a field goal late in the ball game, 25 seconds left. We get the win. So 84 would have been the Orlando Lundy year. I'm kind of thinking it was 82. Okay. I know we're going to have a listener who will correct us. I shouldn't say correct us because I'm, I am putting the question mark on that conversation.
1: It was 82 or 84. I think it was 82 because I think that was the first time that LSU had come back to Starkville in such a long, long time. And we put the lights up, and I think it was 82. Of and course, John think, Of course,
2: John Bond was a quarterback. He won four in a row against LSU. Right. And he was gone in 84. And so that's why I'm starting to question. I think it was 82 that we had portable lights. That'll fit my memory a little bit better. Portable lights.
1: It's
2: like Wrigley Field. I remember the first night they had lights at Wrigley. Somebody, but, though. Somebody's going to know that. Pretty easily. Yeah, I've always gotten confused because we had 82-84 that we had wins here. Eighty-four. That was like the only SEC win we had all year. Kept them from winning the conference. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging there. I think eighty-two.
1: I would say we'd ask Wyatt, but I don't think he'd know either. Hey, we're going to talk to Matt Wyatt in just a minute when we come back on the other side of the break. Also like to remind you, go to HowardComputers.com. Howard Technology Solutions. It was started by Mr. Billy Howard, former three-sport letterman at Mississippi State. It's a Mississippi company. They've got over 4,000 employees making great technology right here in the state of Mississippi. Computing solutions, whether it be a laptop, home desktop, audio-visual, network solutions. They do network security, physical security. They can put up all these security cameras for you, professional services, software. So go to howardcomputers.com and see how they can help your business your city government,
2: K-12, college. Hey, they're even in the medical business as well. If you're hey, a- see, so you know what they have? I, I was playing on their website last night. Some of the things you can get from Howard. So, you know, you walk in and you look at the machine and it tells you if you've got temperature, if you got a fever or not. They make those. They make those. They have telemedicine kiosks. So, if you're wanting to do remote medicine, it's actually pretty cool. I got going down the, the rabbit holes yesterday between business and Basically, if you want something cool, but the medical products. So, like, when you go in the hospitals and you see the medical carts and you see the, you know, they bring the thing around. It's got the computer on it and they type all your stuff in. They do all that. So, and they do some really cool things. Uh, playing on their website, I found myself wanting to order things I have no use for <laughs> just because they look kind of cool. They got, like, countertop lockers. They got a lot of stuff, man. It's fun. It's fun.
1: Yep, howardcomputers.com. And they're also always looking for some good Mississippi State engineers. So always check and see if they've got something to open down there. Great company to work for and a great Mississippi company as well. So when we come back, we'll talk to Matt White, former Bulldog quarterback. He's on the Mississippi State Radio Network as a color analyst. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us on the show. Thanks again to our friends at WFCA 107.9 in French Camp carrying the show each and every week. You're listening to Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. So let's go to the phone and talk to Matt Wyatt, the color analyst for Mississippi State on the radio network. Good friend. Matt, how you doing?
0: Just right. Good morning, boys. How are y'all?
1: Oh, we're doing good. Doing great. Hey, looking back at this series with LSU, and you were a part of the team in 1999 when Rod Gibson dove about five yards deep in the end zone to to <laughs> seal it there at the end. And then you were on the radio when we won in 2014, down in baton rouge looking back at those two games were there really any similarities between the two you know defensively we were so good in in 1999 and then in 2014 we were good early defensively in that game and you know lsu kind of rallied back but were there any similarities in those two games that you could think of
0: yeah i I i guess the defense is what the similarity would be right um but that's about it. You know, that's it. That 99 team, um, you know, we were kind of on a run of, what, two, three years in a row having the number one defense in the country and and sort of offensively piecing it together at times. And um, You know, that 14 game, the offense was ready to go. And you're right, defense was really good too. And I kind of, debatable, I guess, I kind of always felt like maybe the more underappreciated part of that 2014 win We call it the Dak game. Everybody remembers the Dak run. But the underappreciated part was that four-down stop on the goal line by the defense early that sort of set the tone, I felt like, for the whole ball game. Um, So it was a defensive deal. And I remember in 14 down there in Baton Rouge, um, it was a night game and at the team hotel early that morning. I was headed to breakfast, and I got on the elevator, and I found myself on the elevator with Jeff Collins, our defensive coordinator. It was just me and him. He had a little grin on his face. It was early in the morning. He was headed to breakfast, seemed relaxed, And all I said was something like, you know, how are you feeling about it? And he just looked at me with this little sly grin, looked me right in the eye and just started nodding his head. Kind of like the Jack Nicholson gif, you know, that makes its rounds on Twitter. And I never forgot that because then they, he was so confident that morning. He was just so confident that they were going to play well and, and win the game, and this was hours before kickoff, and, of course, they went out there and kind of whipped them, and like you said, a, a little flurry at the end for LSU sort of closed the gap. All that to say, Bart, to answer the question, I, I kind of feel like they, they were similar in defense, but the two games were very different in that you know it was closed in 99, and it really the 14 game was really never closed.
2: Matt, when you look at this team right now for Mississippi State, Does it feel a little more like a 99 setup right now, or are we reacting a little bit too much maybe to just one game? When I say just one game, reacting too much to just this one game that we just played.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get what you're saying. I I do feel like it just feels that way. I'd love to be wrong and have a, a blowout win and surprise everybody, and it looked like what Fitzgerald and that bunch did in 17 to LSU, but it doesn't feel that way going in, does it, Charlie? Doesn't doesn't to me.
2: Now, um, you know, I think back to that 99 team. You talk about that defense being so dominant. This defense isn't that, but it's right. really good. I, I guess right. the question is, where do you see this offense? I mean, that's been the discussion this week mm-hmm. is that offensively, Mississippi State, not where they need to be, perhaps too conservative. You know, if, if Jackie understood one thing, it was, you know, Punt and play defense now and then, right? Um, I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. where we're trying to go. But do you expect to see us open up a little more?
0: Well, I do, and I do, and I just think you have to. Um, now, I also think there's some nuance there that we got to consider about last week. I know it's been so discussed among all of us at this point, Charlie. But the reality is, last week, you know, it was a you're playing a much improved opponent. Okay, who they really went out and Juiced up their defense in the transfer portal. I think they're going to be a pretty good team. That's one thing. And because of the style of game with all those early turnovers, your defense was on the field for the entire first quarter. You had all those turnovers and then they had a 19 play drive. And the result was at the end of the day, you only ran 56 offensive plays and that included overtime, which is an incredibly low number. So, so overall, when it comes to the play makeup, and I know we, we didn't have any pass attempts and all this, but you only ran 56 offensive plays. That that's a, that's a number that'll get any offense out of sync and just kind of feeling weird and puzzling when you walk away from the game. So you're fortunate to win the game. So the reason I'm bringing that up is, you know, in week one against somebody you're supposed to dominate, you ran the ball for 300 yards. For two weeks in a row, you've got the number one rusher in the SEC. Um, also in that context, I'm not just looking at it glass half full, but the reality is in that context, yes, you've had a low number of pass attempts, but your touchdowns per pass attempt is right up there at the top of the league also. So you've been efficient when you have put it in the air in two games. So that's why I say those things lead me to believe that in a game like this, you got You got no choice as an offense but to go – and cut it loose a little bit and really be aggressive because you're going to have to be if you want to have a chance to win.
1: You know, and, and to, you, to that point, Matt, and so many people talk about you know taking shots, especially on first down, and if you miss those shots, all of a sudden you're behind the chains. And I want to talk about the defense just a minute because you hit on this a minute ago about how much our defense has been on the field. Sometimes in high school football, you've been around a lot of high school football, sometimes you have – High school football coaches that do things differently between the twenties. I mean, you may yeah. see an off- you may see an offense just run the ball well from twenty to twenty. They get down to the nineteen, and that gum they're not going to start throwing the ball. They just change yeah. and be different. Sometimes that's a good thing because I was thinking about on the defensive side. I was listening to Jed Fish after the game, and he says, "Hey, the thing about Mississippi State defensively is they were loading up the box." And they were going to stop us from running the football. And after right. we hit the big play at the end of the first half, they were taking away the deep ball. So anything intermediate was there, and you saw that in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter too. The intermediate routes, the quarterback running and having success. But right. then we got down to the twenty-yard line and we kind of lock it down a little bit. And you think back to to, to Zach Arnett and his defensive philosophy. That's kind of how we are. You start t- thinking about how different you are from the ninety-nine. It's almost like, hey, that bend but don't break because we really change yep. things up when we get inside the 20.
0: Well, and you have the advantage of the back line of the end zone, right? I mean, and, and that sort of naturally changes everything down there on that part of the field too. It makes total sense. And the numbers back up what Jed Fish was saying, right? If you look at that one last week, they handing the ball to, to a running back, they could not run the ball against us. We shut it down. And that's a running back that we had a lot of respect for coming into the game, and he's going to have a good year. So, yeah, so looking back on it, their run game was the quarterback scrambling around throughout the game. And it, again, is a classic example of what Zach Arnett has been successful with since he got to Mississippi State, and I'm sure you all will agree with this. When he's been successful... They make people one-dimensional. They'll go out and shut down kind of one dimension of the game and say, if you've only got one dimension, you can't beat us. You're going to have a hard time beating us with that one dimension. So they shut down that run game. Yeah, and then you're right. You take away the deep ball in conjunction with that. There's a lot of stuff. And so they went up and down the field. You had a 19-play drive in the first quarter. But once you get around that 20-yard line, what helps the defense is – we don't have to worry anymore about you throwing it over our head because there's no field back there. we got the back line of the end zone aiding us. And now not only are we whipping your run game if you hand it to somebody, but we tighten the field as well and our coverage and that underneath stuff becomes a little more difficult. Um, so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And these guys are smart, man. And, you know, that's one advantage we have is all the seniority on defense, the continuity with coaching staff and styles, nothing has changed for four years. And so you got some older linebackers and and players up front who know how to play in this scheme.
2: Talk about shutting down the run game, two guys that jump out immediately, Buki Watson, Jet Johnson. I would argue that that's as good a pair as you're going to find at the linebacker spot. Maybe you'd like a little more speed, but, man – those guys are
0: are really difference makers for us. Yeah, they are. No, no question about it. I felt like last week you probably don't win that game without those two guys. You know, the the combination of those two players, you don't. You probably don't win that game. In fact, I even felt like I could go to a lot of schools around the country, Charlie, and take their two linebackers, their two starters, best two, and replace Buki and Jet and we don't win that game. <laughs> That's how good our two are and I think they're underappreciated. Um and when I look, you know, you look specifically at some of the pressures that that Watson's able to get, he really has a knack and it's underappreciated his knack for coming off the edge and pressuring that quarterback into early throws and not giving it away early. Um tackling in the open field, pressuring and a jet, you know, I I, I highlighted the three consecutive plays that he made after they are down three, minute and a half left in the game. They're gonna go win with a touchdown. They've just gotten a huge play into our territory. And then on first down, second down and third down, Jet Johnson makes three consecutive plays that basically preserved our team's chance to win by forcing them to kick a field goal. And and some of that was cause and some of it too was just aggressiveness from Jet and making a play. They are hugely important that defense, and it's, it's obvious that we go as they go. I'm glad we have them.
1: Talking to former Bulldog quarterback Matt Wyatt, and this conversation is brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage is made right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence at Country Meat Packers. They've got a huge butcher shop now, and so that's your place for tailgating items. You can go by there. Matt, have you been by there since they opened yeah. up the new butcher shop?
0: Yeah, it's beautiful, as you might expect, and it smells good, too. You notice that? Oh, man. Like you come out, when you, get, you come out of there and you get in your car, it's, it smells like uh, you've been in the kitchen. And, uh, <laughs> 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 hey, and they also, I don't know, I'm sure you all you know they've got that new flavor. Uh, what is it? Jalapeno, pineapple, and pepper jack cheese all in one flavor of sausage. I hadn't tried it yet, but I intend to real soon.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's three things right there that I like. they got a lot of beef jerky down there and hey they can uh they can you can use them to cater they can cater up to 500 people and so our good friends at country pleasing sausage hey looking back at last week in the receiving core and you know we only completed 13 passes and only seven to receivers five of those went to tulu he caught five passes for 83 yards Wally yeah. caught one ball for six, Robinson caught one ball for four, and then the other two catches were by the running backs. Um yeah. and, and Woody Marks had four. But uh, from a wide receiver standpoint, and we talk about taking more shots and getting guys involved, who do you think, from a wide receiver standpoint, stands to have the most success if we start going down the field more?
0: Yeah. Well, I do think it is Justin Robinson. And I think it has to be. Uh, big old, long, talented, hard to cover in one-on-one, can run by you a little bit. But even if he doesn't because of his length, can go up and get it. we got to get the ball to him some down the field for sure. Um, kind of goes without saying, really, that, that that's one piece. That's, you you want to have some success, you've got to add that. And we tried it in week one, right, on the deep post, and had him one-on-one, and, and the ball kind of um, – like a like a right hander hitting a fade, it kind of faded on him back up the field and so the angle was off but it was the right read just didn't hit him. But, you know, if we take some more of those opportunities you gotta hit it. You gotta get him involved. That that that's one thing too that um like it or not, you know, the touches for those guys on the outside too, that they've got to pick up and become a little more consistent. One, for the, uh, the the immediate, the tangible, because it makes you harder to defend, but also you need to be able to go recruit some more guys and show them, hey, we get them the football, right? So that's that's part of it also. So that, that's another thing that's a numbers crunch, because you can't get the ball to Tulu enough. And as we've said on the broadcast before, you know, hand it to him, throw it to him, kick it to him, roll it to him, mail it to him, however you got to get the ball to Tulu, get it to him. So you've enough. You got to run enough plays offensively and stay on the field enough to also get other guys involved. That includes those outside guys. So, yeah, I would say this offense won't really take another huge step until it starts involving Justin Robinson down the field some in the past game.
2: You know, people just think that Kevin Barbet had some tough discussions with the media this week. Walking into that receiver room on Monday couldn't have been a lot of fun either because we all know that receivers yeah. are just really easy to keep happy, uh, particularly <laughs> when you're running only 56 plays. You, you know, what's what does they say of basketball? Not enough balls to go around? Uh, that's it. Man, that's the receiver room in every college locker room right now, save maybe an option-based offense at a service academy. <laughs> hey, Matt, I don't think we talk enough about special teams play just as fans, that third phase of the game. Yep. How do you feel about what you've seen
0: from Mississippi State in that regard? Really like it. Really like it. And, and Coach Mealy, like he knows his stuff, man. And he they're sharp. Um, and so far, no major mistakes. But they've been – so they haven't been a liability for sure. But they've also been an asset. So you look at the field goals in week one. You hit another one last week. I know you missed one. A return game. You had a punt return that set you up last week. I mean, if I were having to coach against us, and and I will say this too, it's it's not trying to sound smart, but y'all understand this. Coaches in college football and major levels of football spend a whole lot more time studying and worrying about and getting ready for special teams than we understand. (laughs) And like fans and media, we don't talk special teams much. Well, coaches are spending a lot of time on it because it's such a huge thing, this third phase of the game. And if you were you know, getting ready to play us, it'd drive you crazy looking at what state has. Uh, you're punting it really well. And you could watch in the spring and tell these new, two new punters you were going to punt it really well. Uh, we are allowing no punt returns because of hang time, killing it where we want to and stuff. So that's big. And, and, the, uh, and in the return game with Tulu back there, In the punt return game with Xavion back there, I mean, he gets one opportunity last week, and here he goes, flips the field for you. You know, you got a freshman who went out there, was freshman of the week, and hit a 50-yarder basically in week one. And the only thing right now we don't necessarily have that we boast would be a guy who's booming it out of the back of the end zone on kickoffs. But the coverage has been good. And so when you're playing us and you're like, well, look, he may kick it to the one and we have to return it on kickoffs, well, here comes John Lewis and these guys flying down the field making plays who are, you know, if you don't secure the ball, they're going to knock it out. And so opposing teams are not looking forward to playing us in the special teams category, and that's a real credit to Eric Mealy for sure.
1: All right, we talk about our defense kind of getting worn down a little bit in the second half the other night. Last year down in Baton Rouge, that was a case. I mean, we had yep. a lead against LSU going to the fourth quarter, led 16-10, to 10, led it to half and then led at the end of the third quarter. And then they go on a little barrage there at the end. They went at thirty one to sixteen. Looking back at last year's game and this year's game, what do you think the, the difference for LSU from a game plan standpoint? Is it is it what they did last year? Just try to kind of pound and ground a little bit and try to wear you down? That's what they did last year.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would I would think it is because you know, don't quote me on this, but I think what I remember, too, about last year's game, Bart, was that in the early part of the game, one, the offense played a little, you know, better early, but defensively we got after them and hit their quarterback some early in the game, too. And that's what led us to that 16-zip lead. And what changed it for them was they decided we're not going to play a pocket game against these guys, even though they are us, State, is a run-stop defense. We're fixed to run it at them. And so they powered up and decided to play physical football. That kept their offense on the field some. Coupled with defensively, they adjusted and started getting us off the field, and they totally flipped the game on us. So, yeah, I mean, I have respect for Daniels, their quarterback, and his ability to throw the ball. Um, You know, people look at a loss to Florida State. They did last year and really got down on him, but, shoot, he throws it well especially the short stuff where he's getting it out of his hands and that works well when you're running the ball. And so they would I expect them to look at us and go, "Hey, their defense prides themselves on stopping the run. They did it last week against Arizona. We are not Arizona. We're going to we're going to go into their teeth and we're going to soften them up and we're going to consistently run the ball and then we'll throw the ball off that run game and I expect them to try that. I really do. All right,
1: Matt. Hey, appreciate you, man. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah.
0: All right, boys. Thank
1: you. Man, that's Matt Wyatt, color analyst for Mississippi State and a former Bulldog quarterback. And that conversation, as we said, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. And also, if you're coming to Starkville this weekend, trying to make your plans, dinner reservations, you got 11 a.m. games. So the game will be over with mid-afternoon. So you got a chance to kind of break away, take a little nap, get ready for a good Saturday night. So Friday and Saturday night, make your plans to eat one of these great restaurants here in Startwell. If you're trying to figure out where you want to go, go to org and try to make your plans for what you want to do this weekend. You'll have the Sunday brunch and browse as well. A lot of downtown shops will be open if you want to come down and shop on Sunday afternoon. Charlie, anything else going on in Startwell this weekend?
2: Well, if you're coming in early, there's a lot going on. So if you get here on Friday, you've got music on main tomorrow afternoon. Soccer plays tomorrow night. Got a conference conference opener, I believe, with Auburn. Then you roll into Saturday. You're gonna to have to get up early this time. You got the community market. It starts at eight. You're gonna be there about seven fifty nine. Yeah, right to make it to the game in time. Uh, but then football at eleven. We got volleyball at five
1: o'clock. Oh, so you can't take your Saturday afternoon nap after football. You just go over to Newell Grissom, watch volleyball, and then go. And eat at one of these
2: great restaurants. And then on Sunday, if you want to hang around, there's an open scrimmage in baseball, also brunch and browse going on. So a lot taking place in Starville. And then it just keeps rolling, man. You've got things going on all month long in Starville. Oh, and, hey, I have to make one other comment. I had a lawyer in town yesterday from Jackson, listener to the podcast, and he told me the way you've been talking about downtown I expected something much, much worse. <laughs> what are you complaining about? <laughs> so what by way of description now, Main Street is I won't say it's like in chamber of commerce shape. But it's closer you, than some of the other streets. Yeah, you don't notice. Main Street is okay. Yeah, Main Street's fine. It's now you're one off. It's it's kind of moved. So but if you're wanting to come downtown, don't let my negativity deter you. <laughs> because if you want to come eat downtown, you want to hit up any of the great restaurants down here, come on, you're not going to have a problem.
1: You're exactly right. Sometimes we over-dramatize things. Hey, enjoy the show today. Enjoy talking to Matt Wyatt. Now we get ready for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig tomorrow.
2: Yeah, kind of change the focus a little bit. talk today a lot about us. We'll talk more about LSU tomorrow. Dig into those guys and see if we can't put together plan that'll get us there yep
1: and uh, thanks to our good friends at farm bureau we'll go with the home team at farm bureau check them out at favorites.com of course we're in the farm bureau studios tracks plus now with five locations three in the state of mississippi hickory hattiesburg columbus then in bessemer alabama and alexandria at louisiana go to tracks maroon and company maroon and co.com use that in-store Code LEFTFIELD15 online as well. You get 15% off your order. LEFTFIELD15, the promo code. COUNTRYPLEASINGSAUSAGE. Go to countrypleasing.com, and they'll ship it to you. Our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions, go to howardcomputers.com, and you'll just be amazed at what all they do in the technology world. Computers, laptops, audio, video, and our good friends at the Greater Startwall Development Partnership, go to Starkville.org to make your weekend plans. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field.